when God is renewing in you a spirit, uh, what happens is those virtues actually go from being the notion of I have to, to I get to, and not only do I get to, I want to, and not only do I want to, this is the basis of how I live my life yeah. because the virtuous life speaks to itself. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Salty Pastor. Yes, it's me, Dr. Douglas Peak, and I am introducing myself once again. But we have a really special treat today because a very good friend of mine, a co-laborer in ministry, a fellow soldier in the army of God as we go out, push back against the waves of the culture that are trying to lead people away from Christ, is my brother who's been a good friend of mine for over 30 years, and that's Pastor Harvey Friesen. Pastor, welcome to the Salty yeah, Pastor. Thank you. Good to be here with you today and uh, <laughs> wonderful to be a part of preaching this summer with you and uh, yeah, to be a part of this podcast. So good to see everybody. Saw you in church on Sunday last week. And yes, we're going to follow it up this weekend as well. We're going to be talking about virtues. We're going to talk about the beauty and the power of virtue in life. And one of the things we want to try to do, and I know, Doug, you mm -hmm. set that up yesterday, was the concept of when God is renewing in you a spirit, uh, what happens is those virtues actually go from being the notion of I have to to I get to. And not only do I get to, I want to. And not only do I want to, this is the basis of how I live my life. Yeah. Because the virtuous life speaks to itself. As you said, against that, there is no law. There is no law against the virtues. Yeah. So we, we kind of started off doing a Bible study on Tuesday and we basically talked about human nature and how human nature, uh, the only hope for human nature is that we are redeemed. We're changed. We're brought from death to life. But what's interesting is that sometimes pursuing the virtues in and of themselves, even before a person might be redeemed, is it makes them thirsty for the virtue giver, that there's this absolute out there that we need to pursue. What are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I think you're onto something here, Doug. And, 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 and here, here's the powerful thought. If honesty is the best policy, it doesn't take very long for our children to get to the question where they go, okay, but why? Why? Mm -hmm. Why? And one of the things that, that, that actually is out there is, is that when you realize that a virtue is, is truly a, a truth that matters in practical form, because that's what virtues are, right? Yes. It's truth in a practical form. What, you, what, what happens is the next generation, and sometimes parents, we make this mistake, because when our children... Uh, try to build their own virtues, they will build their virtues, hear me on this, Dad, by challenging yours. Yes. And we take that as a personal front when the truth of it is all they're doing is is sort of like pushing against it to see is it solid? Yeah. How and strong is it? How strong is it? And, and, and we take that personally as fathers, especially if we're feeling insecure, and moms as well, as we feel insecure mm -hmm. about it and we think, well, um, you know, our kid is just rebelling and all like that. No, what they're doing is they're pushing to see, is this solid? Is yeah. it true? And they really need you to answer this question. Why is yeah. it a virtue? Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Yes, Which yeah. is the point of the salty pastor. Uh, absolutely. And here's, and here's the rub uh, that nobody likes yep. as a parent. We're your parent. I'm a parent, you know, parents all around here. So is, is this thought is that when our, ch when our child is challenging it, they're trying to push to see if it's solid. They're trying to push to see if it, if it works. And the one thing that they do, because more is caught than taught is they'll look at it and go, well, then why don't you do that? 
Yeah. And, and, and one of the things that we have to work on, and this is where culture, there's this, you know, a snowball, right? Starts out this little bitty thing at the top. And by the time it moves down about 4,000 yeah. feet into the valley, it blows it's up the whole village, monster. right? And the snowball in, in this scenario is, is that one generation says to the other, well, I didn't do it that way, but you should. Well, that's actually a good statement. And mm -hmm. it's true because here's the important part with virtue. The standard is the standard is the standard. Never changes. It never changes. Why? Because society is built on the constructs that say mm -hmm. we require these things to actually be a civil society. And so I, I, I think that it's very important to understand that because deconstructionism is built on the idea, well, you guys did a terrible job. We get to have fun too. Okay. Yeah. We're going to totally tear it down and build something new. And yeah. it's like, oh, really? What in the world is that? And, 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 it, and it misunderstands one important tenet that transcends mm -hmm. time, and that is this. The law of diminishing returns says, if my parents did it bad this way, I'm going to push it a little further. Yes. And look where we're at. I mean, what started out as this, you know, a little bit of rock and roll rebellion has turned into full-on grunge life that has created what? Chaos. The zombie, ca yeah. chaotic world we are at. Yep. I mean, yep. Nietzsche actually saw these things. Yes. In 1870, he, he even said, it's 150 years out, but what will happen is these things will begin to occur, and it will create a society. Catch this. A society without virtue is an insecure society. Very insecure. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a foundation. Yeah. But let's go back to the positive for a second. A society with virtue, let's start even shorter than that, a person with virtue, a yeah. family with virtue, a gathering of those who agree with the notion of virtue, a, a, a community, if you will, community, right? Common yes. unity. What's the common unity around? Mm -hmm. Well, common unity is including in a couple of things. One of them is common sense. Mm -hmm. One of them is a common agreement that these virtues are how we do life. Because if you think about it, that's what a culture is. Yes. And I think one of the... I mean, I don't mean that, you know, I guess you're the salty pastor. <laughs> Be salty. If I can bring a little salt out into it is this. One of the greatest things that we get wrong as a church is, is that we build this secular sacred divide and we go, the church should talk only in its lane. And what we should do is we should talk about sacred things. We should have butterflies and we should yes. have all these cute virtues. Yes. We should have all those kinds of things. And so what happens is we get relegated to that little Sunday school corner, et cetera. And, and I use this phrase, we become spiritual furniture right? We're in the room. Yeah. Don't say anything and just maintain your place, but you really don't belong here. And so spiritual furniture becomes this notion of, well, that's really cute. And I know you're really good. And you're basically quote unquote naive. And what I would come back and say is the culture is dying because we created the sacred secular divide yeah. and we stayed out of it. Right. And what, and, and, and even us as church members and church, forget members, uh, how, how about followers of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. followers of Jesus Christ is that at what place in our lives is God not welcome? He's welcome. And it says in scripture, work as though you work unto the Lord. You ought to be the best employee that yeah. works down there at the village who is uh, doing everything from serving tables to running the entire place, mm -hmm. right? What we do is we glorify God with how we live. And how do we do that? I think it's a very important thing too, because mm -hmm. we confuse the means with the end. The end goal is not virtue. Mm -hmm. The end goal is to glorify God, God. with how we live our lives. Yes. The means to the end is the virtue. And one of the things that we make as a mistake in culture and in, and in the church environment is yes. we begin to aggrandize the virtue yes. over the virtue sure. giver. Yep. 
right? Mm-hmm. What, 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 and we become the, legalistic in the become process. legalists. Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to go back to something you said earlier about how uh, that it's easy to become spiritual furniture in a room. And, right. and kind of the movie that we're going to be highlighting is The Patriot with Mel Gibson. And I think it's a perfect example is he was a guy who just wanted to be kind of left alone. You know, he wanted to be healed. But the revolution came to his door and then to his family. It threatened his family. Yeah. And I think that when you wait until the barbarians are at the front door on your porch pounding on it, it's a little late to get in the game, right? You're not prepared for it. You're on your heels. You're on your heels. And, and, and if we notice anything, well, you know, we just watched the, for those of you who are sports fans, love watching the finals of the NBA, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting because the game moves to this team game concept because it's not the best individuals that win the, right. the, the, the finals. It's, although individuals matter, it's that they learn to play as a team. Can they, and, yeah. I, and what's interesting is, is that the bench players really matter. Yes. And, 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 and you guys, when we watch a game, here's what you notice. Some people come into the game ready. Some people come into the game rusty. Yeah. Okay. And what we as a church have to do is, is that the game of life, we have to come into the game ready, not mm-hmm. rusty. Yeah. Okay. And what, and what you're talking about is, is that when, when, when the culture comes over us with a wave, what happens is church or, uh, Christians are always on their heels. What, what did Jesus do? Let's just ask ourselves a, a rhetorical question that the answer should be very obvious. Did Jesus address the culture or did he let the culture address him? Correct. And what ended up happening, right? He changed the world because he was on the balls of his feet, not the heels Heels of his feet. feet, He was proactive, not reactive. He was ready, not rusty. And I think we have to understand as Christians, we're kind of waking up from this fog of, well, you know, we had virtue and we had, you know, this run and we were kind of on the home field. Yeah. Now and it's also, all gone. What's going post, on? Yeah, we're, we, went, we, we went from postmodern to post-Christian to post-truth like that. Blink of an eye. Right. And, and, and what happens is, is we come into the game rusty. And what we need to be is this. Our goal is not to transform culture. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to represent Jesus Christ and to glorify our Father who is yes. in heaven. And, 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 and catch this, our virtues are the beginning a lot of times of the entree into a voice in a world that is hurting, helpless, and harassed. Yeah, and that's why the virtues are so important, I right. think, in pursuit. I, I was talking to this guy one time who uh, worked for... Uh, the, the guys, you know, the Secret Service that deal not only with protecting the president, but they also deal with the monetary system, uh, they, right? Secret Service actually is the people that govern our monetary system. Yeah, people don't know they, that. They yeah. Govern, most people don't know that. And so uh, this guy was talking and he said, you know, what's really interesting is in the Secret Service, what we have to do is we watch out for counterfeiting. And that's a huge problem. Absolutely. And so what we do is we, how do we teach a person who works in a mini mart you know, or a, a Jackson's, you know, one of these little stores, because yeah. that's where most where the cash happens. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. And it's usually $100 bills. How do we teach these people that uh, usually high school students or whatever uh, to recognize counterfeit dollars? He said, we, they tr- we tried and tried and tried to teach them. We could never do it until one person said, well, let's do this. Let's give them a real one. 
If we give them the real one, just make them hold it and handle it and get real familiar. This is a real $100 bill. So anytime they grab one that's not real, it feels... They know it right away. Yeah, they feel off. And yeah. and I think that, you know, I love your illustration of, are we on the balls of our feet or the heels of our feet, which is heels are defensive, balls are uh, offensive. They are assertive. Ready to go. And that's what, that's what the virtues are, is the more you pursue the virtues, the more you are passionate about the virtues choose, the more proactive you become, the more on the balls of your feet. And then when something pops up, you're going, hmm, that doesn't sniff right to me. Well, now think this out. Jesus actually said it to us mm -hmm. in a proactive form. He said in Matthew 5, 16, right? Yeah. Let your light shine before men in such, such a, a way, way that it will they will see your good works virtue yeah. Yeah. and glorify, glorify your father who is in yeah. heaven. Now, the great mistake the church makes is, is that we do this. God shares a lot of things, but he does not share his glory. And what, what, what we do is we let our, if we let our light shine in such a way that they see us and glorify us, yeah. well, now what we are is we're Dana Carvey and we're church lady, yes, right? We're the church we're the, lady. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. Do the old church lady <laughs> dance, right? I mean, sorry, yeah. that's for all the you saw Saturday Night Live back in, yeah, the, that's, in the That's 80s dating us just a little bit, a little isn't bit. it? Yeah. But it was so good. And it was so funny. It actually was a metaphor for a for a generation. Yes. People knew church lady, right? Yeah. And here's today the it's a Karen. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so the point of it is let your light shine in such a way that they see your good works and glorify your God in heaven. And how is it that that happens? Mm -hmm. Parents, hear me on this. More is caught than taught is the way we let our light shine. The way we live out the virtues we're going to talk about this weekend is we do it without needing people to notice it. Mm -hmm. And when we do it, the benefit comes to begin with. Now, there's a little difference in parenting, and that is this. We model it for our kids imperfectly, but we model it for our kids, and we have learning and teaching sessions on the go. If you've ever been to a, a training yes. camp for football, you go to an NFL training camp, I guarantee you probably go down to Boise State and if mm -hmm. they let you in to watch any of the, of the training sessions. But in Denver, we lived there a long time, and what you could do is you could go down to Del Valley. It used to be up in Greeley, and you could go watch them in the training sessions. And here's one of the most powerful things to watch is that they'll have a practice, and in the middle of a practice, they'll have a, a, a left tackle or a guard or a wide receiver or a quarterback who will get something wrong. And what, is that, what do they do? They stop the whole practice mm -hmm. and they address that topic right there. When we're living out those virtues and when we're in the learning environment of a family mm -hmm. and when we're doing this in a culture and when we do it as a church, it's in those teachable moments that we stop. And think about this for a second too. Let's say it's that specialty coach. It's the offensive line mm -hmm. coach who's talking with that left tackle who probably signed for a gazillion dollars, mm -hmm. right? And who's what? His one job is to do what? Protect the quarterback who is the asset, right? Mm -hmm. So they'll stop the whole, the whole learning session, the whole practice session to say, hey, you're getting this wrong. Well, we that's how we learn. One of the reasons why parenting is so hard is because it is a high failure environment. And what mm -hmm. we have to do is we distinguish the difference between our children's failures and them being a failure. That's yes. why virtue is such a beautiful thing. It's objective truth. Yeah. Again, and the reason why we hold on to objective truth, and, and you go back to the movie, The Patriot, 
is that the father saw what was coming and mm-hmm. he equipped his sons and said, we have to fight for this or we will lose all Everything. the freedom we yeah. have. Everything we have. Yeah. Well, and, now back to your, back please. to your thing that you were just talking about. I was listening to Jocko uh, Willick talk about this little thing that he does is when he goes over to friends' houses for barbecues and stuff, a lot of them have barbecues and a lot of the kids will start jumping off the diving board or whatever. And, and what Jocko Willick will do is, and a lot of times parents are initially like shocked, you know, and his friends have talked to him is he'll go, Oh, that was a terrible dive. That was a terrible flop. You know, I give you probably a two out of 10. He goes, and then he says this, he goes, well, do it again and see if you can improve. And that kid will leap out of the pool, run around and then jump in. He'll say, well, you didn't improve much. And then the kid will leap out of the pool and go, well, what do I need to do? And then he, and some of his friends that were interviewing and said, I have seen this happen. When you first did this, my wife was like, why is he criticizing my child. And then suddenly I, that we saw that actually what you're doing is you're treating them as if they can be better yes. and their esteem in themselves went up, not down. Well, you look see, at, yeah, that's, that's empirical. Look at the culture around us the, as they were coddled are this, yes. this generation, these generations, their esteem goes down, down. their insecurity goes, goes up. up. That's exactly. right. And so it, it, can we just say it? It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Now, one of the things that you've done that I thought is excellent is uh, you've you've kind of broken down the virtues. There's a lot of different virtues, but you've kind of broken them down into like three major categories. What are the three major categories? And then let's dig into a few specifics. Yeah, so great. So I I, I think, uh, I, I know that, you know, we're pastors and we work in the church and one of the symbols of the Christian faith mm-hmm. that's so meaningful is the work of the cro- uh, Christ work on of the, the cross, cross, right? And so, that, so if you think about the virtues, there are, there are vertical virtues mm-hmm. and there are horizontal, horizontal virtues. virtues. <clears throat> and, and not to be silly about this illustration, but the vertical ones and the horizontal ones come together right there at the cross, right? And if you think about it, my vertical virtues and my horizontal virtues, who I am with God, who I am with others comes together at, right at the point of me. Me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the three sections of the virtues are who I am with God, who I am with myself, who I am with others, Mm -hmm. who I am with God, who I am with others. Which I love that because it really speaks to identity. And that is, you know, we've said all the time at Foothills, what you believe is one of the most important things about you. So if you believe false things about God, then that really leads you to believe false things about yourself. And if you believe false things about yourself, you believe false things about uh, other people, and it really creates a conundrum. Well, yeah, yeah. so let's take the normative model of our culture and how parenting models have been taught for the last 25, 30 Mm -hmm. years. Child-centered parenting has been the modality, and here's the point of that child-centered parenting, is you are the center of the universe. Yes. You run your life, you run mom and dad's lives yeah, it's a disaster. and you run the world around you as well. And here's why that's the great lie. Because the moment that kid is now brought into a societal gathering, mm-hmm. AKA kindergarten, mm-hmm. AKA first grade, yeah. the moment they come in there and I'll say all 30 of those kids have been lied and said, you're the center of the universe. No, you're the center of your universe. What you have is you have inherent conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a whole generation that has been raised on inherent conflict of the idea of, no, you're the best. No, you're the best. No, you're the best. Someone's wrong mm-hmm. if everyone's the best. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah. we're all wrong 
And what we've been done, what's happened to us is we've been coddled down mm-hmm. to our least, uh, least best uh, yes. self. Yeah. And so, so the here, base desires, right. And, and if you really want to start with virtue, cause let, let's transcend Christian, let, let's move outside of the notion of we're purporting a Christian idea for a minute. Let it be a civitas idea, the notion of civility, the notion of society who, who, who gets together and, and builds a culture. And, and what is a culture? It's an agreed upon set of mores, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the it's social a, contract, John, social John contract. Locke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's how we will interact with each other. Yes. Well, in that and and that and that thing that that's so beautiful about the way that this country was started was is is that the beginning point of that is is that you have value because the in that because the um infinite God, the God of the universe, the mm-hmm. God the Father God of the Bible created you with inalienable rights. Your rights come from your maker. That's a vertical proposition. Yes. I have value because God made me. My neighbor has value because God made them. The people on the other side of the country have value because God made them as well. So there's a, there's that notion that goes along with, we have rights not given by the state, but by given by our God. We mm-hmm. are our born creator. with those yeah. rights. Human rights come from that idea. Well, virtue Virtue is now doing what? It's taking that creator, learning the constructs that that creator made the universe by, and saying, I will live according to those mm-hmm. things. Those are, there are also truths. Let's start with a simple one for a moment. Honesty is the best policy. Yes. And the kid says, well, why? Dad, I saw you, at, I saw you when the police officer stopped you the other day, and he asked you how fast you're going, and you said, well, I don't really know. And you and I looked at that thing at the same time, yes. and you were 18 miles an hour over the speed limit, and like that. And what the kid learns is, is, wow, dad doesn't really always tell the truth. Honesty isn't always the best policy. It's shades of honesty are the best policy. That's, mm-hmm. that's an over, overblown, and I know that's very uh, stereotypical and like that, but let, let, let's talk about the meat of that for just a second. Why do we have honesty? The reason why we have honesty means to the end is that the means is honesty, but the end is trust. Mm-hmm. Can a society stand together without trust? I don't think that we have necessarily a a, a moral dilemma. We have a trust dilemma. dilemma yeah. We mm-hmm. no longer trust anyone. We don't trust our neighbor. We don't trust the person showing up to fix our hot water heater. We don't trust our doctor when we meet with our doctor. We don't trust the the police officer when they stop us. We don't trust the person who's cooking our food. Uh, are, do they have a disease and are they putting something? We are, we are in a crisis of trust in mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. because we are in a crisis of truth in the world, world. Mm-hmm. and upstream upstream of all mm-hmm. of that is the virtue of honesty is taught upstream so that we will have the benefit downstream of a society that can trust each other. Yeah. Which it, it actually uh, goes even deeper than that, because if we're not being honest with those around us, then we also are not honest with ourselves. Yes. And we never, we never come to a true identity well, at and all. If you, th- if you think about it, the cycle babble that goes on in our yeah. culture is actually establishing the idea of you can't trust yourself. Yes. You're right. Because why you, you're feeling this feeling that you are, that, that, that you are a gender. Mm-hmm that is different from what your biological body actually mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. And so now we're saying you can't trust what your own biological body and what the way you were made, you can't trust that. Can't trust that. And look at the phenomenal insecurity off mm-hmm. of that. Let's take it another level is, is that when, when it comes to the trust of myself, 
you can't trust your feelings that you want to forgive someone because why the co- we're now reestablishing or saying they're bad people, they're mm-hmm. perpetrators, mm-hmm. they're this, they're that, whatever. Look, there are there bad people in the world, a- a- absolutely. But the way you do that mm-hmm. is right. You go from the first level of you can't trust even your biological makeup to now you're a victim and mm-hmm. victims do what everybody now around the world becomes someone I can't trust mm-hmm. as opposed to actually heels of your feet. I don't know. Can I trust you? Yes. As opposed to the, the balls of our feet. And that is on the front of our lives and saying, um, I can trust you and I can respect you. And I can believe that you are a person who is trustworthy. And why is that? Because there are institutions and organizations Mm -hmm. that create trustability. Our doctors and our nurses and all of our staff are going through a crisis of trust right now because people who were political as opposed to scientific started saying statements about science as it relates to our health and well-being and so the whole industry is struggling with trust right now and we have so many wonderful people in the medical field in our in our church and and you hear them talk about how it's just become so hard because people don't even trust their own doctors anymore correct right so so there's a so but but forget doctors forget forget all forget politicians like that all that is downstream of the concept that your five-year-old today needs to learn the notion of honesty as a virtue that takes you to a, a greater goal, which is the virtue of honesty leads to a place of trust. Mm-hmm. And when we have trust, what we have is a sense of security with each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. That is the heart. So we always want to go past the presenting issues down to the root issues. And, 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 and this is why I think Doug, you and I love the word of God is because mm-hmm. the word of God goes into the root issues every time. And the culture downstream constantly wants to argue over <laughs> downstream thoughts that <laughs> yes. are presenting issues. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and, so. and there is a word for that. Mm-hmm. And that's called superficiality. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I don't remember. Fluff that. is not Fluff enough. Is not enough. Right. And, and well said. And I mean, that's your word. Uh, I think Richard Foster went through that. And when, and when he wrote his book about the spiritual disciplines yes. 25, 30 years ago, yeah. the beginning of his book was, is that we live in an age of superficiality. Yeah. So this is not just new, everybody. Okay. I mean, all we're doing right now yeah. is we have a generation that is perfecting it. Yes. They and if you think it. about it, the, the, the social media presence and all those kinds of things are what? Put out your best, 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 best self. Okay, well, who are you when you're not your best, 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 best self? Yeah, yeah. I'm just a normal guy trying to make a life. Yeah. I'm trying to say. Now, one of the things about these virtues, I'd like to kind of just go through a list. Um, you know, I really like the way you uh, organize it around loving God or your vertical yeah. well, virtues. And yeah, let's just go through that list uh, so, okay. real quick. Of let's just talk about ones that focus on that vertical. What are the vertical yeah. virtues about human existence? One of the, the first one that I list is humility with God. Okay. There humility. Is a God and I am not God. Okay. That's humility. Yes. And that requires innate humility. Nietzsche didn't have that idea. Correct. Nietzsche had an, a self-centered view of the world Correct. where he was his own God and he, he made his own life. Right mm-hmm. now out of that, what happens is, is that when we have humility with God, it actually takes us to a place where we have a pliability, which is the next virtue. And that is the first virtue that God demonstrates to people is the virtue of grace. Mm. This is that he is holy and we are not. And he what? He gives us grace 
to get to cover the gap. Mm-hmm. So the next virtue is grace. So when we learn humility from God and with God, we then learn the work of God in our lives, which is grace. And what grace does, grace in our lives turns out to be relational harmony with others. Because when I learn from God grace, I'm actually able to dispense grace yes. to others. Vertical leads to horizontal. Mm-hmm. The third one, mercy. Is that mercy is the next layer of that. And that is, is that I can not only be gracious with you, I can be merciful to you, which is the root of kindness. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. outcome of, of, of mercy is I know how to be kind in a merciful way. way. You mm-hmm. deserve this, but I will be kind. So no, mm-hmm. let's go to another one. Here's a virtue. It sounds silly, but this is a virtue. Love. Love is a virtue. Love is a decision. Because why? Love is a decision. It's mm-hmm. not a feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I choose to love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there is a powerful second side of that. And that is this, is that it requires the ingredient of empathy. Yes. And where do we learn that? Where does culture teach that? Nietzsche didn't teach that. Nope. None of these guys taught that. What they taught was survive and survival of the fittest. So what's going on is those vertical virtues actually turn into horizontal virtues. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another one. Love for the truth. The love of the truth. So a, a virtue is a love of the truth as opposed to what? Mm-hmm. A, a, a rebellion to, towards, towards truth. It, yeah. Right? And so, mm-hmm. and, and here's what's interesting about rebellion. Rebellion. The line that I use with Doug, one of my little, he says, Harvey, you got these little one-liners. Yeah, we, we got to write these down. <laughs> everyone's a revolutionary till their spouse asks, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? Right? Okay, so it feels really great to rebel against the truth. Okay, but what are we going to eat today? Yeah. We can't eat your ideas. We're going to yeah. need a pepperoni pizza. We right? need something, right? yeah. Here's another virtue, self-control. Yeah. What is the outcome of self-control? Fortitude. Yeah. And out, and out of fortitude come things like delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. I'm working toward it. I don't have it yet. I mean, yep. What a great thing. If you go back to the movies that we're talking about, always one of the underlying themes is the notion of, I can have it right now, but it'll be so much better if I delay yes. the gratification to where I can actually have it and I can own it. Yes, if we right. control ourselves and give our best. Now, Beautiful. these are these yeah. are a lot of these vertical ones yeah. that I think are really awesome. And then your second category is how to love yourself. Give us some of those things about, and this is what I think is really important to understand is that when you pursue virtues, it's an act of loving yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's a, here's a, here's a virtue positivity. Okay. Positivity is actually a virtue. It's not just this glorified, happy Jack handy talk and gosh, darn it. People think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, another joke from Saturday night live, but, but the, the concept of positivity is I can choose because I have a right standing with the God who made me Mm -hmm. to now have a positive outlook on life rather than a negative outlook on Mm -hmm. life. The the outcome of a positive life Mm -hmm. is this. And and, and I would suggest to you, uh, as I was studying and preparing this, I, I came over with this. We'll see if it's tested and true. But I think that the virtue of positivity is a beautiful incubator of invention. Mm. Because positivity is the notion of I will fail and I will fail and I will fail and I will fail and then I'll get it right. Yes. And I'll get a little bit more right. And I mean, how many light bulbs did Thomas Edison come up with before he finally had mm. one that worked? 1,500. Okay. And it took what? <laughs> yeah. Positivity. Yeah. Positivity is mm-hmm. actually a virtue. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, I'm a positive person or I'm a negative person. I'm a half gla- a glass, half full, glass, glass half empty. I 
positivity is a virtue I get on my own in my own life because God has a positive view of me mm-hmm. because He sent His Son. Mm-hmm. That and because and that's hopeful. Right, I, I think that's hopeful. Leads what? to a sense of even though you know things are not going well now, I have hope in what can happen tomorrow. Well, uh, yeah, and, and 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 if I could just as an mm-hmm. illustrated purpose, let's take it to one other level. So God has a view of me that says, "For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son." He actually looked at me positively and said, I will do something for you that turns into a positive virtue in my own life, which becomes how I, I can look at my life. And it and it creates what? A notion of inertia on the front of my feet rather than the back of my feet. It gives me the ability to face failure and to keep going and persevere. So now I get perseverance. I get grit. I get determination. And then let's move it to one next layer. And that is, okay, God, me, and then how about to my neighbor? So how does positivity look into that in, in your world? And mm-hmm. that is, here's another virtue, encouragement. Mm. I now have the ability to say, you can create too. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you to succeed, not to fail. In a world that constantly dumbs down, here's a really, really weird, weird thing, is if you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, you know why they stay in a bucket? Because they always have the innate sense to pull each other down. How interesting. Now you think that out for a moment. Virtue has the ability to lift others up. Up. Mm -hmm. And why does the Christ uh, community have a great voice in our day and age? Is because the whole message is a message where Christ comes on, comes, does what? He resurrects from the dead. We do our baptisms where you go and the old self dies and the new self is what? Born to new life in Christ. Mm -hmm. And in that, I now actually have the benefits and the blessings of the outcome of everything you talked about yesterday in Romans 8, uh, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 1 to 18. Mm -hmm. I now have them empirically in my life. life. Mm -hmm. It's the law of freedom and life. Yeah. So, So well, it's going to be exciting, I think, on this Sunday when you're going to, you know, Harvest passionate about these things. You you hear it in his voice. It's awesome. Awesome. And that's what we need is truth and life is passion. And I love that. So it's good to have you here. I'm glad that you're going to be sharing with the church and it's going to be a blessing. Thank you for doing this today. And you're going to hear some more uh, Bible study from Pastor Harv uh, as I'm going to be gone on sabbatical. I am going to be recording a few Salty Pastor podcasts to sprinkle out while I'm gone for the month of July. But uh, please continue to listen because you're going to be blessed. So thank you. The Salty Pastor signing off. God bless. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.